Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. All right. Good morning. Oh, man, it is so good to be with you. As Dave mentioned, my name is Nick. I'm a part of the pastoral team here. And I'm excited to share the word with you this morning. Now, the title of my message today is called The Story of Healing. The Story of Healing. And what I want to do today is share with you some of my story of healing. There are lies that begin to grow in all of our hearts. And so today, what I want to share with you is some of the lies that I believed and how that worked its way out in my life, and ultimately, what Jesus did to first set me free from those lies, bring healing to my heart, so that I could walk in wholeness and completeness in him. Because I believe this is what God wants for all of us through a relationship with Jesus. So this is what I want to share with you this morning. But before we get a little bit serious, I want to tell you about my son. Um, He's a toddler. He's a toddler. (laughs) That's it. Um, And he has developed this deep longing for the sound of glass being hit with something very hard. I don't understand. We have, we have this glass bookshelf in our living room, and his favorite thing is to go up to the second shelf and take any hard object. could be an ice cream scoop or a book or a wooden toy. One time he got a lid from a big pot. And then he turns around and he just goes. And he just, he just loves it. He is the, I don't understand why, but he loves the sound. It could be a window It could be a sliding door, whatever it may be. If it's glass, he loves the sound of it being hit. So you can pray for him about that today. Smealing. Um, But I'm trying to teach him how glass works, that it's breakable. And so when he's hitting the glass, you know, I'll say something like, hey, buddy, this isn't how we treat glass. You know, come over here. And he's over here at the bookshelf, and he's hitting the glass. And then he takes his, you know, lid, and he's like, and then he starts to walk towards me. He's like, Dad, I just want to obey. And then he's like, but I can't resist. And he comes back over. And seriously, this happens over and over. And he gives me that smile. And he comes to listen. And he's going to bring me his toy that he's ruining our shelf with. And then he's like, nah. And he runs out. You just can't resist. And as I'm watching this unfold in front of me, I thought, man, isn't this a picture of humanity just trying to do the right thing? Like, we, we know in our hearts what is good and what is right. But sometimes, you know, and, and we hear that voice inside of us and we want to obey. But something in our hearts is like, nah, and we run back to the shelf, right? We cannot resist our impulse to bang the glass. We cannot resist our impulse to sin on our own, in our own strength. We just, I've been trying for 25 years, and I can't figure out how. We can't. But the good news here is there is one who offers us a way through this impulse that we face, and that is Jesus. Jesus gives us the solution to our sin, which is himself. And his power at work within us 
is what then strengthens us when that impulse begins to rise, when we want to smash the glass of life. And the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us can help us walk through this temptation. Now, there is a tension with all of this, right? There's always a tension. And the tension is that while Jesus has come to set us free and he wants us to walk as images of God in the world, there is a, an adversary, Satan, and his desire is to see the glory of God diminished in all of us. His desire is to see us bound up in the brokenness and the hurt and pain of sin. And this is why life is so hard, <laughs> isn't it? Because Satan longs to see us bound, and he wants to capitalize on any moment that he can in the middle of our sin so that we experience brokenness. And the way that he capitalizes on our sin is he allows seeds of lies to begin to be planted in our hearts. And this happens to all of us. In our human brokenness, it turns out, is the perfect soil for those lies to be planted. And often these lies, they, they take root in us when we least expect it or when we, don't even, when we don't even know what's happening. Now, my hope this morning is that through sharing some of my story, that the Holy Spirit would begin to work on all of us to begin to shine his light on our hearts, to show us where we might be living as if some lies going on inside of us are actually true. So let's pray together and then we'll get into our, our message. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, thank you that you are with us, that you see through our brokenness and our pain and our sin, and through Jesus we can find freedom and forgiveness, and newness of life. And God, that is what our desire is this morning. We want to experience your resurrecting life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we get to my story, I want us all to be thinking about this word sin from the same definition, okay? So I mentioned already, sin is anything that diminishes God's glory. And often what this looks like in, in our lives is it's the desire to define what's good and what's evil for myself, specifically outside of the authority of God. Sin is the desire to define what is good and what is evil for myself outside of the authority of God. Now, on the first pages of the Bible, we read in Genesis chapter 1 that God is the one who is the definer of what is good and what is bad, what is good and what is evil. And he, he creates the world and humanity, and that he says, this is good. And he sets boundaries and parameters in place. And then we know the story. Humanity, Adam and Eve, they decide to define what's right and what's wrong for themselves, and they they eat of the fruit of the tree, and they're removed from God's presence. And this happens in Genesis chapter 3. And if we keep reading on in the story, the pages that follow, um, we're going to keep reading about people who keep making that same decision. They, they, have a, um, they have a moment where they can choose to live by what God defines as what is good and evil or for themselves. 
You know, we read about Abraham and Moses and David, and these were all incredible men of God. They loved God with all of their hearts. The Holy Spirit even worked within them and filled them. Yet, they couldn't resist this temptation to define what was good and and what was evil for themselves. There's actually no human who has done this until we meet Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, Heidi was speaking about Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And you can read it in, in, the, in the Gospels, and, and Jesus, you know, he, this is a brief summary, by the way. Uh, Jesus, he, he faces the enemy's temptations, and he comes out the other side of, of these temptations victorious. And we read also that during this time, Jesus was fasting and he was praying. So while he's fasting and praying, he meets all of these challenges, all of these temptations. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? to what we maybe experienced this week while we were fasting and praying. We read at the end of this account of Jesus in the wilderness that Jesus returns from the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. So after his time, when I would expect to be feeling very weak and very tired and very discouraged, Jesus comes out of the wilderness filled with power, the Holy Spirit. Now, as a church, we are coming out of our time of prayer and fasting And I believe that God wants for our community together to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we come to the end of our time this morning, I want to share with you what I feel God wants to do with that power that's present with us today. But sticking to this story here where Jesus, he comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And you can read this in Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, we get to verse 17 where Jesus is in the synagogue and um, he's a part of the reading of scripture for this day. And he's given the scroll of Isaiah to read from. And let me share with you what he reads. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus finishes reading the scroll. He gives it to the attendant. He sits down. And we read that the eyes of everybody were fixed on him. And then he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's an amazing moment in the story of the gospel of of Luke so far. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, these words that Isaiah spoke out and prophesied about the Savior of Israel many, many years before this moment, these words are what Jesus uses to announce what his kingdom is going to be like, what it's going to be like to live within the kingdom of God, and what his mission is here on this earth for people, people, by the way, who are just like you and me. Jesus has come to set the captives free to restore sight to the blind, to proclaim good news to the poor. This is his mission. And we get to be the recipients of what Jesus is doing here on this earth. Jesus is not just the savior of Israel. He's the savior of the world. And he's the savior of you and of me. And Jesus wants you to live as his children, set free. So if you are broken today, Jesus wants to restore that brokenness. That's a part of his mission. If you are feeling like you are held captive 
today by a thought or a person or a situation or a job. Jesus is saying, I want to set you free from that. And he's here today, and he's ready to take you into this story of healing. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about how I have experienced that mission of Jesus in my life. Um, when I was younger, my dad was the pastor of a church in Waterloo, and uh, he used to have hair then, which was really actually quite cool. Um, and I, I pastoring for 20 years, I guess is... <laughs> anyway, um, it's fun to look back at those pictures. Uh, so he, he led there for many years, and at this church, it's where I, where I grew up, and where I learned about God's love for me, and I made friends. I played a lot of floor hockey. Um, and it was, it was incredible. It was a great church to be a part of. Now, eventually, my dad was feeling like God was leading our church into a new direction. And a lot of the people who were a part of the church, they did not want to go. <laughs> um, and, and this situation resulted in a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and a lot of brokenness for my parents. Now, I was 11 at the time, and so I was like kind of aware of going on, um, but not completely aware. But I knew that they were being hurt by people in our church. And as I began to observe this brokenness and I began to experience some of it for myself, this became the prime soil for lies to begin to be planted in my heart. And this is how it went. You know, my, I saw that my parents are being hurt by the people in our church. And the lie that began to grow was that it's my job to protect them. Clearly, this is a lie. But I began to live as if it were true. And this lie, the way that it turned itself into something that was sinful, was because I began to take God's place as the authority for my parents as the protector of my parents. And I tried to fulfill a role that only God was meant to fill in the life of my parents. And the reason that this is sin is because it diminishes the image of God in both me and my parents when I try to fill a role that only God could fill. Now, this is quite subtle, and maybe it even looks noble from the outside, but my role as a son is not to fulfill God's role for my parents. And this always leads to brokenness when we begin to experience this sin. Now you might say, hey, it's not wrong to care for your parents. And you're right. That's, that's not the problem. The problem is when I take God's place in the lives of my parents. And that's where the sin begins to enter the picture where the brokenness begins to enter the picture and where lies can begin to grow. Now, this happens to all of us, I think, at different stages of our lives. And the last thing the enemy wants for us is to actually look at and see the lies that we have been believing. He wants to capitalize on any opportunity he can for us to begin to grow these lies in our hearts. And often, it's when we're not in control. Because when, when I was 11 years old, I was not in control of what was happening to my parents. And maybe you right now are going through something that you are not in control of. Maybe you're experiencing a broken relationship and there's some, some real brokenness that's happening. 
Or maybe there's something happening in your family that is just causing so much pain and so much hurt. Maybe more specifically, there's some words that have been spoken over you. A joke from a loving family member or something a friend said when you were in school that stuck with you all of these years. Maybe there was abuse from a family member, lack of basic need like food and clothing. Any of these things bring brokenness to our hearts. And all of them are opportunities for lies to begin to grow, even when we don't know it. Now, these moments of brokenness and pain create the perfect soil in our hearts for these seeds of lies to be planted. But the other thing that it does is, it, not only is it the perfect soil for, for lies, but it's also the perfect soil for truth. Brokenness, as much as it is the soil for lies to be planted, it is also the perfect soil for the seeds of the truth of God to begin to be planted in you. And you know that when soil is ready for planting, it's also really easy to remove old stuff, right? In the summer, I got into this crazy excitement about weeding my backyard. I was so stoked about it. I don't know why, but I would look out my bedroom window and I would go, I'm going to deal with those. And so when it would rain, and the next morning I would be out there just on my hands and knees, and I was pulling out roots. They were like this long. But our hearts are the same way. When our hearts have the same soil for things to be planted, it's also the perfect soil for things to be removed. In 2018, my wife and I had the opportunity to attend this this inner healing ministry. And it's called Restoring the Foundations. And during one of the sessions in this ministry, um, all of these thoughts and feelings from when I was a young kid, when, when my parents were leading, they began to come back. And so I was sharing them with the person leading the session, and they said, hey, if the Holy Spirit is bringing these things up in you, it's likely evidence that he wants to heal you from what you are experiencing. Which, by the way, I had no idea how captive these lies had caused me to be until I began to actually see how I was living in light of them. Now, when we have lives that we have been living, we we recognize, whoa, this is how I've been living, as if this lie is true. It's actually very simple to begin the story of healing. What we must do is acknowledge that this lie is something that we've been believing, and then we must hand it over to the one who can remove it, which is God, our Heavenly Father. He is the only one who can remove the roots of lies in our hearts. And not only does God remove the lies, he doesn't leave a big hole, because that's what lies cause, by the way. He then plants the seeds of healing and truth. And those will grow ten times bigger and stronger than any lie that the enemy could ever plant in your heart will grow. This is how God wants to deal with these lies in our hearts. So I finished this session with the person, and you know we're praying together, and I'm sharing what's going on, and I'm really, I'm beginning to see the truth of this situation, that if God has called my parents to lead, then it's his responsibility to protect them and not mine. And this was the truth that God replaced the lie with, that if he's called my parents, he will sustain them, and I don't have to. Now, I was out for a run after this session, 
And I remember saying to God, you know, as if I can, whatever. Anyway, uh, I, remember, I remember saying to God, God, I never want the child of another pastor to believe the same thing as me. Never. And I, I will not forget God's response. I felt in my heart that God was saying, Nick, I do not always prevent, but I will always heal. I do not always prevent, but I will always heal. I believe that these are words that are true about the way that God the Father looks at us. Because God is not in the business of simply prevention. He's in the business of redemption. He wants to restore you. He wants to redeem what was broken and lost. And this is what we see through Jesus on the cross. He redeemed us from our sin, but in his resurrection, he sets us free to receive his grace and his life and his love. And it's that grace and that life and love that can then remove the roots of those lies in our hearts. Now, like me, maybe you find yourself today saying, God, you know, why? Why didn't you prevent that thing? Why didn't you step in? God, why? These are very real questions that I can imagine that you were asking because I've asked God this question many times. And I wish that I could, you know, fill in that blank for you. And I I can't. But what I want to encourage you to do, if you're asking God why today, is to take that question in your hands and slowly walk to God with that question and entrust it to him. He may not answer that question the way that you hope that he would, but in entrusting your question to God, you may realize that as you get closer to him, that question begins to change. And the question moves from God, why, to God, what? God, what do you want to bring healing to in me? God, what do you want to restore in me? God, what lies have I been believing that you want to replace with your truth? Because God will always replace the lies that we believe with what is true. And that truth will always be stronger than the lie. Now, fast forward a couple years from this ministry time, and uh, my family has moved to Koinonia, and we're, we're, we're part of the church community. My dad is on staff. And our founding pastor, Steve Fleming, he asked my dad if he would consider um, being a part of the conversations about becoming the next lead pastor. And I was excited about this, and I didn't really think much of my dad leading a church again um, until the night before he was going to step in as the new leader. And I couldn't sleep, and I was up late, and I had all these thoughts. My palms were sweaty. Does that ever happen to you when you can't sleep? And I was really, really stressed, and I just couldn't put my finger on it until the next morning. I'm sitting right here in these green chairs, and I'm watching our elders pray over my parents as my dad moves in as the next leader here at Koinonia. And all of those thoughts from the lie that I once believed began to come back. They began to echo in my mind. My parents are moving into this this position of vulnerability and God, you didn't protect them last time and so it's my job this time. 
And the lie began to echo again. But this time, I could approach it differently because I had received healing for that, from that wound in my heart. And no longer was some thing of lies growing up in my heart. It had been removed, and the truth was now growing. So then when I was getting worked up and anxious and afraid, I could just remind myself of what was true. No, God has called my parents, and he will sustain them. And the moment that I spoke that truth out loud, peace came. Because when Jesus sets us free from the things that we are captive of, they're going to try and come back. The enemy always returns with the same schemes as last time. But we now have the truth growing in our hearts, and we are equipped to hold on to that truth. And when we stand in the truth of Jesus, the lies dissipate. They, they don't stand a chance. Now this morning, I wonder if there are some of us who are experiencing something similar to me. There's some lies that have begun to grow in your heart. And you've begun to live as if it's true. And I want to just give an example of a, of a couple things that I felt the Holy Spirit speak about us as a church today. Some lies that may be present. I must protect my children from everything. I must pay back that person for what they did to me. I am responsible for my parents' divorce. I am not worthy to be loved. Our family will never have enough. God would never choose me. I believe that these are lies that the enemy has planted in our hearts and I believe today God wants to remove them and replace them with the seeds of his healing and his truth and his love. You know, the beautiful thing about a relationship with Jesus, when we accept his mercy and his grace, that's not, that's not the end of our story of healing. That's actually the beginning and God, in, our, in, his, in, in his love, offers us a relationship with his son. And through him, we can experience that healing from the Father. We can begin to walk in wholeness. And the incredible thing about the story of healing is that it begins when we accept Jesus. And God says that one day, this story will be made complete. We read in Revelation 21, verse 4, that God takes his place on the throne. And from the throne of all of heaven and all of earth, God declares that he will wipe away every tear from your eye. That there will be no more death or crying or pain because the old things have passed away and God has made all things new. This is the conclusion to the story of healing. And within this, all things new, God is talking about the heavens and the earth and all of creation and all of humanity and especially you. And until that day comes, when the story of healing is ultimately made complete, we must return to Jesus each day and remind ourselves that he has come to set the captives free, to bring liberty to the oppressed, to 
proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor. And those, that these words that Jesus spoke out, they weren't just for the people sitting in the synagogue back when he read them. And they're not just to be fulfilled at the end of the story of healing when God comes to restore. These words are also true for you today, in this moment. And I believe that for our community, God wants to start the story of healing today. We are at the end of our week of prayer and fasting. And fasting is hard, right? Like, would would anybody say they had a hard experience this week? I did. Fasting is, it's not really supposed to be easy. Fasting is, is, is difficult. And as I was praying about, God, how do we conclude this week of fasting together as a church? I was reminded of how Jesus comes out of the wilderness in power. And I believe that God is calling us as a community to come out of this time of prayer and fasting in power. And that power is so that we may experience the healing that God wants us to live in every day. And during this week of prayer and fasting, I believe that God was actually breaking up the soil in our hearts. It was raining, you know, like in my backyard, the worms started to come out. But as God breaks up the soil in our hearts, the lies can easily be removed and it's the perfect soil for him to plant his truth in our hearts that we might be those who were once captive and now walk in freedom. That we might be those who were once broken and now walk in the wholeness because of the grace and the love of God. I want us to take a moment to reflect together. And as we reflect, I want you to consider your your story and ask God where he may be pointing out an area that he wants to begin the story of healing on today. So let's reflect together for a moment. It's because he wants to set you free from that thing so that you can be who he created you to be today. And so I want to do something that that may be a little bit uncomfortable, but I want to pray for for all of us today. And so in a moment, what I want to do is invite all all of us to close our eyes. And if, if something is coming up in your heart and in your mind and you're like, wow, okay, This is the spot that God wants to begin the story of healing on for me today. Then I want to pray for you. And so if you've thought of something, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. 
Not because I need to know who you are, but because that action is a great starting point. It's connecting what's going on outside of our body with what's going on inside and say, God, I need you to begin the story of healing on this area of my life today. So I want to invite you, would you close your eyes, all of us together, and bow your head. And and if there's something that God has brought up today that you know he wants to bring healing to, would you raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you today. in this room today and today as a church family we bring the lies that have grown in our hearts to you you are the only one who can remove them you are the only one who can replace them with your truth and so for each person who raised their hand today and the thing that that hand is connected with God I ask that you would give them both peace and courage for how to move forward with you from this moment today that as you bring up and shine your light on the depths of our lives, thank you that you don't look on them with shame, but you look on them with love. And so I I invite you to release your love over our church family today for those that raise their hands. May their relationship with you be a deep well that never runs dry. Thank you, God, for the power of your son, Jesus Christ who releases your grace and your love and your healing on us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.